There's a magic to Hollywood. I came here with nothing. I came here with a broken down car, homeless, couch surfing, to having a career, finding my wife, having kids, buying a house, having two cars. That's what I got from this industry. That's the California dream. Now, the movie industry is leaving this state. My union, for example, we have 200 people out of work right now. And there's work out there. We know there's work out there. There's work in Georgia. There's work in Louisiana. Our lawmakers are pushing the work away. They're not bringing the work back. My guest today is David Graves, political director with IATSE Local 728, which is a union from Hollywood. Today, he'll talk about what's happening to the film industry and why they're gradually leaving California. We're not leading the way, we're starting the way, and we're letting other states lead the way. Why is this happening? Sacramento does not care about film production. They will always say, well, we support the film industry. They don't. If they did, they would change the incentive structure. It's been years, it's been years. It's really hard for California film workers right now to live. Why would you not want to leave the state? I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. David, it's great to have you on. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. We want to talk to you about the film industry leaving California. But before we get into that, can you tell us what was the value of the film industry for California? The value of the film industry for California. So the numbers are, are pretty hard to kind of nail down. But it's about a $100 billion a year industry. And we produce about, about $30 billion of payroll. So that's $30 billion of wages per year in California. So that's about jobs, the size. The Those are jobs, yeah. People are getting paid. And what about the cultural value? Because when we think about California and Hollywood and LA right. and... That's a, that's a real hard question to answer. I think everyone has their idea of what Hollywood is. I think everyone in, in the United States has their idea of what, what is Hollywood, what's Tinseltown. It's a really personal story. I think for everyone who works in the film industry, it's personal. But in general, I think that it, culture is always leads the way for politics. The politics is always behind culture. And so the interesting thing about the film industry is that it leads the way. It leads who we are, where we're going, where we've been. It tells our story. And so California is kind of, is really the, the key to the American story. And that's, I think, one of the things that attracted me to the film industry in general is what California does is it really tells our story. It tells us who we are, how, how hard it was, where we're going. That's what the value of the culture is. And what was it for you? For me, it was an escape. So I can remember the day that I realized I wanted to be in the film industry. And I was bugging my stepdad. And he gave me a movie, he said, don't do anything in this movie, but leave me alone. And it was Pulp Fiction wow. with Quentin Tarantino. Watched it, was blown away. Totally inappropriate. I should not have watched it at that age. But um, I started kind of going, I want to be a director. I want to be like him. I want to tell stories. I realized I don't want to be a director when I got into the film industry. No way. I did not want that job. But I realized that I loved the industry, I loved what it was. I got involved very early on uh, at a PBS station in Northern Minnesota. So I got in, I was a juvenile delinquent, I got in some trouble. And so the judge gave me an option and it was I could go do community service over here and clean streets or he gave me 24 hours to find a place to volunteer. 
So I'll, I was racking my brain trying to find a place. And uh, I had a paper route. And so it was really cold one morning, and I was walking through the local community college. And there was a PBS station, a public broadcasting station. And there was a guy named Matt Maddlemacky. And he was this, you know, this kind of little guy, and he was just doing a bunch of work. And I walked in there, and I was like, I want to do this. And he's like, sure, come in tonight. And I was like, what? And he, uh, he started my career. He started my career. And uh, so when I came to California, I'd already been working in news for years. So I started my career at 15 years old wow. at a PBS station as a volunteer cleaning uh, offices, cleaning the studio. One day, one of the camera operators got sick. And so Matt looked at me and said, you're up. I was like, what? I've never done this before. And I operated C camera, which was really a joke. It was, it was a shot of, uh, of the news anchor. Or sorry, it was a shot of uh, the weather. And then I flipped over and I, I zoomed in. I set my focus. I zoomed out and I had, I had like the hero shot. And that was <laughs> a big thing for me. And a few months later, I was running all the cameras. And I became a floor director. And I kind of went up that, that path. And at the same time, I was a firefighter. And right. so I was kind of firefighter by day, working at the studio by night. I got injured. And so my fallback career became my main career, which was I wanted to be a news camera operator. So I came out to California. Again, changed my career path. I went into set lighting. I joined the union that I'm a member of now, which is IATSE Local 728. And they took me under their wing and trained me. And, and now I, I work on all kinds of movies everywhere, all over the country. I've pretty much worked in almost every state. I've worked all over Europe. And uh, somehow California just keeps calling me back. Old country soaps are handcrafted, long-lasting soap bars made on a farm in South Dakota with soothing natural ingredients without harsh chemicals that can dry out your skin. They can produce a creamy lather unlike anything you've tried before. Just a great American-made product that will leave your skin feeling soft and smooth all day long. The soap is multi-purpose. You can also use it for your hair, it's great for shaving, and safe for pets. Every order comes with an exfoliating soap bag. It can hold smaller pieces of soap and can prevent soap bars from slipping out of the hand. After each use, just leave the soap bar inside and hang dry. It will last a long time. This company does not sell on Amazon, so go to oldcountrysoap.com and reward yourself and your loved ones. Use promo code INSIDER and get an exclusive 20% off your order. Let's support a company that brings back traditional American values and American manufacturing. Now let's go back to the interview. Now the movie industry is leaving the state. We have, we have some numbers that over the, the numbers mm -hmm. are down in terms of TV production, yep. commercials. Can you tell us what's happening? Sure, so if you look at, if you look at the film industry in general between 2021 and 2022, we, uh, we saw a contraction in the market in California of 2.5%. So if you look at the specific sectors of the economy, so commercial production, music video production, television production, feature film production, the, the largest loss was in commercials. We saw about a 22% reduction in commercials, which is a big deal because pr pr production commercial work is a huge cash maker for crew Big members. money comes. It's a lot of money. It's spent very quickly. And so that typically for, for crew members, those are really lucrative deals. 
And for so people that work in the industry. For people who like work in the industry. Cameramans yep. and mm -hmm. the team members. So cameraman, anyone below the line, basically. Yeah. And when we say below the line, those, those are not directors, it's not actors, it's, it's the crew members, it's the people behind yeah, the lens. The scenes, yeah. And they're, that was a huge hit for them. A lot of them are feeling it. So I know people personally who haven't worked for a month or two because they work exclusively on commercials. And, and we're losing commercials to South America, we're losing them to Mexico, we're losing them to Prague, we're losing them to Australia, we're losing them to New Zealand. We're losing them to all over the place, including the incentive states. So we'll be losing them to uh, Georgia, we'll be losing them to Louisiana, we're losing them to Toronto, we're losing them to Vancouver. They're moving everywhere outside of the film industry. I like to say that the film industry is not leaving California, it's expanding beyond our borders. And so we're not doing a really good job of, of keeping it here in California. If you look at states like Georgia, they've seen a 10% increase in overall production. Uh, Louisiana has seen an astounding increase between 2021 and 2022. They've seen about a 130% increase in production. They went from, uh, from about 45 productions, uh, 50 productions in 2021 to like 140 in 2022. Wow. So a massive, massive increase for Louisiana. I consider Louisiana and Georgia to be our main competitors when it comes to film production. Why is this happening? Well, I wish there was a smoking gun. I wish I could say it's taxes, it's policy, it's, it's something like that, it's cost of living, but it's, it's really a very complex issue. It, we can filter it down to labor migration, which is a big issue. So we're losing our, our skilled labor to other markets. So people are moving out of California. People are moving out of California. Which we covered this in our documentary right. for a variety of yeah. reasons, yeah. Yeah, and, it, well, and, that, and that's the thing. They're leaving for those reasons. High taxes, cost of living, they don't like the, the bureaucracy, whatever. And so they're leaving for those reasons. And they're going to production-heavy states. So they'll go to Georgia. They'll go to Louisiana. And then you have Georgia and Louisiana, and, and now they're benefiting from California-trained professionals who are now over there. And what, what that does is it makes, if I'm a producer, the biggest thing keeping me in California is infrastructure and labor. And so if there's infrastructure and labor in that incentive state, I'm gonna go there and work. I'm gonna go produce a movie there. We, you know, about 10 years ago, we used to have this saying called runaway production. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it basically meant that one or two shows or maybe a few different shows would leave the state They'd go chase the tax incentive. Maybe they're going to chase lower labor costs or, or whatever it was. And so the, the sub-market in L.A., and we call it a sub-market, which means it's, it's, it's the support infrastructural market of brick-and-mortar companies. So the service providers. The service the providers, movie, yeah. yeah. And what they basically do is they are responsible for providing equipment, Payroll services, insurance services, production services, production equipment, I mean, trucking, you name it, they provide it for the film industry. They're brick and mortar. So they fall under the same regulatory issues that normal businesses do, the same tax burdens. And so that's always been in California. And so if you would go to Georgia or you'd go to some other incentive state 10 years ago where the infrastructure really wasn't there yet, Atlanta, Georgia had a little bit. Uh, it was hard for you to operate, right? It was hard to operate. They would just kind of, well, all right, well, it's a show in Georgia. All right, let's ship a bunch of stuff out and we'll figure it out. It was, it was, it was a pain. But then more and more work started going out there because the incentive structures really started 
attracting work. And so these brick and mortars had to move out there. They had to set up satellite, uh, satellite companies or satellite offices. And once they got there, like, wait a minute, we less taxes, less regulation, less EPA issues. Let's stay here. And so we saw a shift. So they actually started making the LA office the satellite office. Wow. Less labor in LA, more labor in the incentives. And so when that happened, you that's the second real kind of nail in the coffin, if you will, for that expansion is the, that infrastructural system that we had in California started moving with the film industry. And that was really a big move. When that happened, it really changed the game for us. The incentive states understand what producers need. And so they're going out of their way to make it easy. What about California? How do they treat, what kind of uh, challenges do you guys face with the California government regulation? Because there's some regulations that are <coughs> impacting you guys. Right? There's a lot of regulations. When the Air Resources Board made it really difficult for us to have generators and trucks, they changed their regulatory uh, requirements a few years ago. It really hit us hard. It hit a lot of what we call uh, owner-operators. So these are people who work on set but also own equipment and rent that equipment to production. And so all of a sudden your truck, you couldn't get your truck licensed or you couldn't get your generator licensed in California. And so we had to sell those. And when you sell them, you're selling them at a discounted price because people They're in Texas, used, right? well not even that, people in Texas know you have to sell it. Oh, I see. They know it's not legal in California anymore. So, so what kind of generators became illegal? Uh, they're diesel generators. They were just an old style generator. They weren't able to be upgraded to the new, the new standards. They weren't able to comply with the new, these new regulations. And those regulations just kind of came out of nowhere. No one talked to us. No one told us it was happening. It just kind of happened. And that's just one example. There are other examples too where we basically have um, and those generators, you guys need to use a lot of generators, yeah. right? Because the film, and, and you we guys- We use a lot of power. And, and there's an emission numbers on you guys, right? Do you look at- We have carbon? to, yeah, so we have to abide by the same emission standards that everyone else does. Uh, we don't benefit from the cap and trade. We're trying to change that right now. We're trying to, to figure out a model so that we can uh, start to benefit from the cap and trade marketplace that exists in California, but we have never been able to benefit from that. We're not incentivized for going green. You know, we've led the way in LED lighting. I mean, LED lighting, we've changed the way movies are produced and have made movies more sustainable, more green, and it's, we're not benefiting from that yet. Well, when they put these regulations on you guys, the generators mm -hmm. and the trucks, you guys got impacted. We definitely did. Uh, from, from a very personal perspective, we got, we got hit hard. Uh, there are Teamsters who own equipment. They had to sell their trucks. And so that's a huge capital expense. You, know, you have to buy a new truck now. You know, and you're selling your other truck for less money. Uh, I know people who bought new generators a few years prior and they hadn't even paid them off yet. And they were selling them at a loss. And these are personal friends I know. And so yeah, it does hit home pretty hard. And uh, the, the state of California has traditionally taken us for granted. You know, we're $100 billion a year industry, but they don't really consider us uh, a big player because it's about w how much money comes into the state as far as tax revenue. They don't look at the economic driver that film production is. I always say that there are two entities that can inject capital into a community. There's the government and the, by sending a stimulus check, and there's the film industry by shooting. We put so much money into these communities, it's insane. And when we're in a community, we're paying people for the inconvenience of shooting in their neighborhood. We're paying people for their driveways so we can put bathrooms 
in their driveways. We're paying people for their backyards so we can feed our crews and have craft service there. I mean, we are literally coming into this neighborhood and we're paying everyone to be there. And that's why these incentive states want us. You know, when a film production goes into a community in Louisiana that doesn't see a lot of film production, we're saving businesses who might be on the brink of bankruptcy. That's what we do. We go in, we spend a tremendous amount of money as fast as we possibly can and we leave. And when one production comes, another production comes, and another production comes. Lawmakers in Louisiana, lawmakers in, in Georgia know that. Lawmakers in California take it for granted. We have lawmakers who are telling us they're not seeing any benefits from film production, yet The Matrix is shooting in their backyard. A $190 million movie is shooting in San Francisco. But representatives from San Francisco are telling us we're not seeing any benefits from film production. And so everything's kind of skewed in, in Sacramento, and they really don't understand what we do. They don't understand how much money we're bringing to the economy. When we go into a neighborhood, it is not uncommon for us to pay $2,500 to $10,000 a day for, to use someone's backyard, wow. to use someone's front yard. Uh, I remember one show we did for Showtime a few years ago. Uh, the locations department was telling me how much money we were spending per day to be at this location. And we were paying the, the neighbors directly affected for the inconvenience, $10,000 a day. Wow. We were paying a gentleman two blocks away $2,500 a day because he was getting shined by our lights at night. And so wow. for the inconvenience of, of just having his house hit with light, he's getting $2,500 a day when we shot. And so, yeah, there's a lot of money that goes into these neighborhoods. And so when you come into any normal California neighborhood, there is a in tremendous injection of cash into that neighborhood that people are using for mortgage payments or whatever they're using it for. But yeah, there's a lot of money that goes into these neighborhoods. Which would not be there. Which will not be there. When, uh, and and that's, a real, that's a real issue because when we come into a production or when a production comes into a neighborhood, you're talking about maybe a week, maybe a few days or potentially a month or two. And so if you're, if you're struggling to pay your mortgage and a production comes in your, your neighborhood and offers you cash, that changes it. That changes something for you. There's neighborhoods all over California that we like to shoot in. And it's becoming more and more difficult to shoot in those neighborhoods because of regulations. In LA alone, we legitimately produce per location day, which is per day of the year, there is production shooting, we're producing $2.5 million of economic activity per day, and we're employing 19,000 people a day. That's just in Los Angeles. The film industry is, is what we've tracked. It's a $27 billion a year industry in LA, which is drastically under, understating the fact. So we really are a huge player, and we put a lot of money into the economy, and they don't recognize that. Because what they do is they recognize how much money is coming into the treasury. And so that's what they're dictating this ridiculously underfunded tax credit that California has. It's underfunded, it's capped in a very weird way, it's incentivizing the wrong things, it's just not set up to be competitive. And it's not the fault of the Film Commission. They're dealing with what they're given from the state legislature. And we're being told left, right, and center that we're not performing well enough in whatever metric these what lawmakers... What are these metrics? Well, there's, there's some... A lot of lawmakers lately have been talking about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that we're, we're not diversifying enough. And it's... 
in terms of the people you hire in terms like, of the terms people of we hire the people that are in the industry they they want the, in the film industry to represent the the makeup the cultural makeup the racial makeup of california and that's a that's a goal absolutely and we're trying to move that way and we're trying to develop labor pipelines to do that but if they're not doing their job and competing with these incentive states then we don't have the work we have guys out of work right now who are we call it on the books it's where they're looking for work and we can't give them jobs so my union for example the the local I'm a member of can't we have 200 people out of work right now and so you can't offer labor pipelines if we don't have work and there's work out there we know there's work out there. There's work in Georgia. There's work in Louisiana. Our lawmakers are pushing the work away. They're not bringing the work back. So they're not being competitive. So it's a chicken or the egg thing. How are we supposed to grow and diversify our industry if we don't have the jobs to do it? And so they want you to diversify, and then meanwhile the jobs are gone to right. other states. Yep. And you have people that you can't give jobs to. Yeah, we have, there, there are people in California who have been in California for years, who've been here for their whole career, who can't work. There's no jobs for them. And so we have an oversaturated labor market with not enough jobs available, not enough work. And we're, we, like I said, last year we saw a 2.5% contraction. We don't know what this year is going to what is the expectation from you guys? They want you guys to go into these communities. How, how are you supposed to diversify? Are you supposed to find <coughs> people of different races? Uh, that, it's a question I'm really not, cert I'm not qualified to answer that. And, and the reason why is I'm, that's not my wheelhouse. We have people who specialize in that. So we do have people, the vice president of my organization, for example, is very, very uh, active in that. We, we're trying to go to schools. We're trying to go to communities and say, hey, we have jobs available. Uh, we have this type of career. But this is not an easy career either. A lot of people underestimate how many hours we work. The average hour load for someone in my union, for example, is 60 hours a week at a minimum. Wow. Most guys are working 12-hour days. Um, I, on average, work between 12 and 16 hour, hours a day. That's just I've been doing that for 10 years. It's, I don't know anything else. That's what we do. I also volunteer as a political director for my organization, so I also do all the free labor in the weekend. So, you know, I, looking at a 110-hour week is, is nothing for me, and that's, that's this industry. It's a really difficult industry to work in, so it's not exactly a fun industry. A lot of people think it's fun, and they get involved for a few years, but we do have a relatively high turnover rate because it's a hard industry to stay to live in. It's feast or famine for a lot of workers in California right now. In the it's film contract industry. work, is mainly. Well, it's, it's contract work. Yeah, it's it's you're you're an employee, but it's as if you're you know you work job to job. You're a daily hire, and so you have to what, buy a house, have a family, make ends meet, save money for a rainy day, and you're sometimes dealing with labor actions. Sometimes you're dealing with a contracted economy, and it's really hard for California film workers right now to live. And why would you not want to leave the state if you can't afford to live here? Gas is $5 a gallon here. In, in Georgia, it's $3.40. Have you talked to the state leaders? Did I have talked to a few. And what, what's the feedback? Do they, un do they not understand? Do they still not understand what you guys are <coughs> doing for the state? I have tried to... So the motion picture industry, uh, the motion, motion Picture Association, which is our lobbying organization, they came out with a study, and, and so the film incentive, although it is a bad film incentive, 
it has still produced about $22 billion, give or take, of, of work in California. They've shown that for every dollar spent, you get $24 in return in of economic activity. The state leadership doesn't care. What they care about is what comes in the coffers. What they care about is what comes in the treasury. They care about the tax income. It's as if they're running a business and not running a state. So they're running a business. They're trying to make profit. But they're, they don't understand that it's about the economic activity that the business produces. It's about the, the velocity of money. It's about how much does one dollar, how much economic activity does one dollar produce? And they don't seem to care. And I've talked to lawmakers and, well, that's the way it is. Or I, I often hear, there's just no money. And I'm sorry, but that's not an excuse. What do you think is going to happen to this industry in the next decade here? If I had a magic eight ball, <laughs> I would say that we're, we're going to have the film industry here. It will always be here. It's not going anywhere. I don't think it's going to be what it is today. I think it's going to be a lot smaller. I think that, in general, the incentive states are here to stay, and they're going to become much more competitive. And they want production. They want that injection of capital into their economy. And they understand how valuable it is. If I had to guess, I, I would say that we could be looking at maybe a 20% reduction in production in the film industry in California in the next 10 years. I think, th I think that's realistic. I think that's realistic. I think that I think we could see a 20% reduction, and I, I would venture to say maybe a 30% reduction in crew. And that's the, the, those are workers who are dedicated to the film industry in, in both capacities, in production and in infrastructure. Do you think that the people come here for the dream of being in Hollywood? And do you think that that will go away over time, or do you think that will still exist? I hope it doesn't go away. I really do. I, I there's a magic to Hollywood. There's a magic to this industry. You know, the, I, I'm a kid from the sticks. I'm, I grew up in a trailer park. I grew up with a single mom in a super abusive household. I moved out when I was a kid. I moved out when I was 16 years old. I wow. couldn't handle it anymore. I came here with nothing. I came here with a broken down car, homeless, couch surfing, to having a career, providing a home for my kids, and you know, finding finding my wife, having kids, buying a house, having two cars. That's what I got from this industry. That's the California dream. The California dream is coming from nothing, where my mom didn't graduate from college, my dad didn't graduate from high school, my mother made, never made more than twenty thousand dollars in her entire life per year, having a father who wasn't really in the picture having a really abusive stepfather, living in a trailer park on welfare, on food stamps, on medical assistance, having absolutely nothing to having a life. In one generation, my kids, hopefully, God willing, will never experience what I experienced as a child. That's the California dream. So I hope to God it doesn't change. And I hope that we, we can fix this. Because what this industry is able to do for kids like me is unreal. There's no industry on this planet that can say, I'm going to take you from feast or famine in a lifetime. There's no industry that can help build that type of generational wealth. Because in this industry, if you're willing to work, and you're willing to work hard, you can get anything done, and you can, you can make anything happen. So absolutely hope it doesn't change.
I hope that that awe doesn't stop taking kids like me and bringing them to California. California wants to lead the way, and there's you mentioned this California dream mm -hmm. leading the way. Do you think you can do that without the film industry? I don't think so. I might be a little biased, right? But uh, no, the film industry, it is California. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we, we, when, we, when you say film industry, it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in, people think California. They think LA. I, I don't think California is going to lead the way if the entertainment capital is not here. You know, California has led the way in so many different markets from film production to the tech industry to the gaming industry. I mean, we're losing the gaming industry to Canada. We're not incentivizing the gaming industry to stay in California. Um, we're not leading the way. We're, we're, we're starting the way, and we're letting other states lead the way, and that's what's happening. You know, we, we start it here. We help build the businesses here. We have tremendous amounts of angel investors. We have a lot of capital in California. We always have. And so there's a lot of investment here, a lot of creation here. But then we don't keep it here. We allow it to leave. We allow it to leave our borders. And that needs to change. So no, we're not going to lead the way um, without the film industry. Now, how do we fix this, David, for some of the leaders, the state leaders that might be watching this? First thing is we or, need- Or California. <laughs> Well, I think the, the ballot box is a big thing. Start thinking about film production when you vote. Start asking state leaders what their views on film production are. Many don't even have views. You know, I was shocked when I first went to Sacramento that many, state, many, uh, many legislators don't even know what velocity of money is. They don't even understand what the economic impact of something is. They don't get that $1 can produce $5 of economic activity. And that create more taxes, right, in, in the long run, right? California film industry, about 200,000 people are directly employed by film production. About 560,000 are indirectly employed and uh, indirectly employed. So if you think about that for a second, for $1 spent on production, there's 560,000 people who are impacted. I mean, that's a huge huge swath of people and those people are paying mortgages they're paying their bills they're buying goods and services they're paying their taxes so it is a huge industry and it influences a lot of people and if we were to just be competitive just competitive because we're not competitive if our film incentive was just competitive even if it was just a carbon copy of Georgia we would take so much production back I don't even know what the numbers would be but I can tell you Overnight, you would see an increase in production in LA. Overnight, you would see film sets everywhere. Overnight, people would we, we wouldn't have enough people to work. We would be going into communities and trying to get people into the industry. Overnight, and and that's how fast we work. I always like to say the California film industry is the fastest moving industry on the planet. What we do in days will take a normal brick and mortar weeks or months to achieve. What we do in months takes them years. What we do in years will take a normal brick and mortar decades to achieve. So you have to be really fast, right? We have to be fast. When, when the money comes in, you know, I have For friends film, who are producers. Right? Yeah. yeah, so let's say you, you're, all your money comes in. And uh, one of my friends did during the whole pandemic, he was, he was actually producing a movie during the pandemic. And when the money hit the bank, within five days, maybe six days, he had a production office, he had the insurance, he had the payroll set up, he was already hiring people, he had a transportation team on site, uh, he was scouting the location, he was negotiating deals with the vendors within five days. Wow. And that's a full on 
now we have a place to go. We're paying our rent. We're doing all of these things. Five days. Wow. And so if the pandemic hadn't shut them down, they would have been done in 60 days. And they would have been in editorial. That's how fast it can move. That's from start to finish. A whole movie was shot. Could have been shot in 60 days if the pandemic hadn't shut them down. And so they had to take a hiatus and, they, and then they came back. But that's how fast we move. It's unreal. I mean, the amount of, of work that could be produced overnight if they just opened up the, the tax incentive. So, th so if, I had to, if I had to really tell... What if you were in charge if and I the was lawmakers in charge. will listen oh to you? If I was in charge, the first thing I would do is make all of our tax credits transferable. That would be the first thing. The second thing is I would, I would uncap our tax credit and I would, I would cap it to maybe $800 million, if not a billion dollars, to really incentivize productions to come back. Because it's the package deals that we want. We want Disney to ha have a three movie deal with the two TV shows attached to it. That's what we want coming to LA. That's going to, you know, those are the types of shows that are going to Canada right now because they're offering that type of incentive. So I would offer that type of incentive. I would redo the entire incentive system and, and make it much more user-friendly, make it easier to apply, make it easier to get customized incentives set up for different companies that are coming in with different needs. And that's what I would do. I would also actually incentivize the film industry to come back. Let's talk about infrastructure. Let's talk about power grid. Let's talk about electricity. This is something that, that Atlanta is always actively trying to figure out. How do we improve our infrastructure to support film production? How do we improve our traffic to support film production? How do we improve all of this stuff? We don't do that in California. And the other part of it, too, is lawmakers talk about the benefits. I would, I would tell lawmakers to talk about the benefits of film production, how good it is for the community, how much money it brings into the community. And those are just a few things. But uh, tax incentive structure needs to change. Otherwise, we will lose... We'll, we'll, we'll lose that 20 or 30 percent of the film industry to, to other states, for sure. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? You should realize how important the film industry is to our economy, to our culture, to who we are as Californians. Remember, just you're, you're watching the screen, but there's an entire crew. There are hundreds of people behind the lens who are working really hard and doing incredibly long hours to bring that show to life. Uh, those are people who have families. Those are people who get up every morning before the sun rises. So they get up, they don't see their kids. They probably don't see their spouse. They get on the road. They sit in traffic for an hour and a half. They get to the location. They shoot for 12 hours at a minimum. Then they drive back, sometimes in traffic, but usually the sun's set. They come home, their kids are sleeping. Maybe their spouse is sleeping. Think about that. That was my life. It's been my life. I'm a weekend father, even though I lived with my kids. I was a weekend father. Um, we have a high divorce rate in this industry. You know, families are destroyed by the hours. They're destroyed because of the, you know, you don't see your kids. It's a hard life. And so people like to think that Hollywood is this really, you know, this glamorous industry and it is glamorous you know there's there's that element to it but there's also the human element of really hard-working middle-class Californians who are suffering and struggling just to stay afloat 
it's a hard life, and uh, I would love it if people thought about that a little bit and really kind of recognize what the film industry is and, and the benefits that it brings to the state. And support it, because it seems like we are not really supporting it. We, our lawmakers do not support the film industry. They, they say they do. They will always say, well, we support the film industry. They, they don't. If they did, they would change the incentive structure. It's been years. It's been years. They haven't changed it. If they did, they would be actively competing with Georgia, actively competing with Louisiana. Wyoming, I think, just signed a, a film incentive. I mean, every state's jumping on this because they understand the value of bringing production to their communities. We don't. We, we don't recognize the value. We don't care. And so they really, Sacramento does not care about film production. Because if they did, they would fix it. And so, you know, it's, I, I don't know how to get it through to them. We've done studies. We tell them. They, they know the economic markers are there. Uh, but it's, to them, we don't bring enough money into the, the treasury, so we're not important. So you mentioned this industry, like, help you go to the, move to the middle class. How, how did you do that? How did I do that? Yeah. Um, this industry gave you a chance, Yeah. Right? The, what this industry does for you is it gives you an opportunity. It doesn't give you anything. You know, this industry is a hard industry, um, it, very competitive. But it gives you an opportunity. If, you're, if you are willing to work hard and if you're willing to do whatever it takes, this industry is going to reward you in ways that you just you can't possibly imagine. So you get in, you don't have to have a college degree. You do not need, so you don't need a college degree. You can have a, uh, you can have a really bad past. You know, you, come in and you then could come in and no one cares. I don't care. I don't care if you have felonies. When I'm hiring my crew, I do not care who you are, where you come from. I don't care if you had a hard life or you, you didn't have a hard life. It's irrelevant. Can you do the job? That's this industry. There's no questions asked. It's can you do the job? If you can do the job, you're hired. And then you, you do a good job and then you, you can grow into other roles. You do a good job and you can stay with a crew. You, if you do a good job in this business, you will work forever. And you'll, you will be prosperous. And you will succeed. It really is the California dream. I mean, this industry is the California dream incarnate. It's you come, you work, and you succeed. And the great thing about this industry, too, is if you need some time off, you take some time off. Uh, you know, you work job to job. And so we have our seasons, you know, we have our hiatuses, and so you, you can take some time and you can go on vacation. Um, it's an industry that gives you an opportunity to really be successful. The, and it changes your stripes. And it takes a kid who had absolutely nothing, didn't have any money to his name, living paycheck to paycheck and couch, sur couch surfing, to someone who has a home and is providing for his family. Like that. You, I, I can't understate that. I think people don't really recognize the importance of moving up the economic. It's not easy. It's right? not easy. It's not fun. Because psychologically, you're bound by barriers from right. different, you know, you can't, you, you think you can't do a lot of things, right? Is yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, in this industry, if you've had a bad past, it doesn't matter. If you, if you had a criminal past, it doesn't matter. We do not care. No one is, is looking at your criminal past. So if you want to start from scratch and you want to start fresh and you want to change your life, this industry allows you to do that. There's not a lot of industries that I can say can do that. This is one of them. And it, it's just, it is the only industry that I know of that can take someone from 
absolute poverty and give them a middle-class life. And it didn't give them anything. It gave them a simple opportunity. This it is, is the chance. ultimate opportunity industry. If, if you are willing to work hard and you're willing to, to just grit it out and go for it, this industry will, you will be successful. David Graves, political director of IATSE Local 728. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you very much for having me on. If you like the show and our content, you should go to insiderca.com and sign up to our newsletter because we never know what can happen with social media and other platforms in terms of distributing our content. If you'd like to come on the show and be an insider, you can reach out to us at cainsider at epochtimesca.com. Again, it's cainsider at epochtimesca.com. We would love to have you on the show to tell us what's going on in your field in California. Thank you for watching.